We're on episode 79 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes. The movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com and the future Cabin Minute cast. Find Cabin Minute cast on Twitter and Instagram, and that is going to be for the Cabin in the Woods movie minute. I'm so excited. Oh my God, it's going to be this fall. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And I'm Sean German, currently of five minutes of mime.com, but soon to be of the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. And I don't think we have a website or Twitters or anything else for it. So. We'll Just trust me. Trust yes. me, it's, it's a thing. We don't nope. exist on the internet yet, but, <laughs> but it's a thing. You exist in your minds. <laughs> in, in my head canon, it's a thing. <laughs> Very excited about that, Sean. As we all are. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We still need to talk about Minute 79 of the movie This Is Spinal Tap. And Minute 79 starts with uh, David showing off one of his namesakes cassettes. We end with Nigel showing off a shirt, which uh, looks just like his insides. And in between, David rattles off various titles and narrators of of the series of namesakes cassettes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And we get a little bit more of the credits past the writers and into some of our other top folk. So we get... Karen Murphy, and Karen Murphy is um, the producer, and we haven't talked about her yet, I don't believe, not not a bit. So one thing I noticed about Karen Murphy is she's definitely worked with some of these other movies that we've mentioned, like Waiting for Guffman, she's a producer there, and um, she's also continued to work with the Spinal Tap guys. So the video short of Spinal Tap, the final tour, she was a producer. She was a producer on Mighty Wind, mm-hmm. For Your Consideration, and a few other things. Um, but one thing that kind of ties us back to our last couple of minutes previous when we were with the Bat Minute Boys is that she also co-produced True Stories. Right. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So her produce her producer credits start with this is Spinal Tap producer 1984, and then True Stories co-producer 1986. Then she goes to Drugstore Cowboy and on and on and on. And yeah, it looks like she's she produced Mascots, which is the current most recent thing that Christopher Guest did, and that was 2016. So she's been she's been pretty consistently busy since this is Spinal Tap. So that's a little bit about Karen Murphy. Yeah, I must say I I don't know much about her other than hey, having worked on uh, those movies that you mentioned. But it is it's an impressive list. If it you know if it was just these movies, Spinal Tap plus the Christopher Guest movies, that would be you know impressive enough. But then all the other stuff that that you've mentioned, in particular, True Stories and uh, Drugstore Cowboy, which I believe we have mentioned before on this podcast. I know that's that's where I learned the meaning of transom was uh, right. watching Drugstore Cowboy. So it's uh, one of my favorite movies. So it's interesting that uh, there there is that connection there. So 
Good yeah, work, and she Karen. actually, yeah, Karen Murphy. Good work, Karen. And she was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award with Nick Wechester for that drugstore cowboy as being best feature. So, oh. yeah, very cool. So that's that's Karen Murphy, and um, that's and then, what I noticed about her. And so next is, let's see, it's director of photography, Peter Smokler. Yeah. Yeah. So Peter Smokler, we we mentioned early on that he did some work on some actual documentaries. And then I believe Chris Epting, when he was a guest, he mentioned, you know, meeting Peter Smokler and how they uh, he worked on the Larry Sanders show, um, which is obviously a documentary style, and that he, you know, played Chris some uh, outtakes and stuff that Chris has never seen before. So that was cool. Um, If you don't remember that, go back to those Chris Epting episodes. But since then, he's been very busy on some of, I don't know, some of our other movies or TV shows that we've mentioned. What stuck out to me, a show that I absolutely loved, and I kind of already just assumed that Sean also was a fan of, which is the Drew Carey show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have, we haven't talked about it, but I was also a a faithful watcher and and fan of the Drew Carey show while it was on. So yeah, interest interesting connection there, and then uh, and some of the other things. So you know, in addition to Larry Sanders, another one that stood out was uh, Sports Night, uh, another short lived series, but one that I was a big fan of that had uh, was it was a scripted series and was not a mockumentary so it didn't portend to be a documentary but it had it had a, a style it was a it was a, it's a Sorkinson series so there was a lot of walk and talk um, right. you know people walking around and stuff but it had a sort of a documentary feel and it was sort of um pre you know it was before the office I think even before the you know the original British version of the office but it had that feel it was a you know it was a workplace sitcom a show for you know people it was it mostly took place in an office but it had that feel and it and it makes sense you know Peter's involvement in that with his background with these with the mockumentaries and and the actual documentaries yeah and speaking of the office we've you know brought that up um and some of our guests have brought up the office and he was the dp on the pilot for the 2005 the office so Let's see, 2005, mm-hmm. that was the American one, you know, the non-British one. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, okay, let's get the guy that knows how to do this style. And then he also was on six episodes of Parks and Rec. And we haven't talked too much about Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, one of the most interesting things about it. And most everyone has probably seen it by now. And I actually really missed the boat on it. When it first came out, I didn't watch Mm -hmm. it at all. And I think I watched maybe a couple of episodes when it first became available on Netflix. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. There's certainly a cast of people that I love on this. And then my husband said, let's revisit it. I heard it really kicks into gear in the second season. And that is so true. And I absolutely love it. And Parks and Rec is one of those places I could just live in, you know, like if people were to ask you, like, if there's a movie or TV show where you could just go hang out. I mean, I'd want to hang out with Parks and Recreation. And um, yeah, and their documentary style is ridiculous and wonderfully 
crazy over the top. So it looks like a documentary the whole time, but it's never discussed that it's a documentary. Mm -hmm. And some of the characters on the show just stare directly into the camera <laughs> and talk. <laughs> it's really wonderful. I, I love Parks and Rec. So for some reason, you missed the boat too or a little late to it. My suggestion is maybe get the last. It's on Netflix streaming as of now. Watch maybe the last episode of season one and then just ride it out for the ridiculous, sweet, wonderful, crazy, fantasticalness of the whole rest of the, the series. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm another one who was late to the party on, on Parks and Rec, but they really show the strength of this format and the flexibility and that they're able to do, they're able to do traditional narrative type fiction or narrative storylines where it's just oh, the cameras in the corner. And so it doesn't matter if it's you know, a documentary and a real camera in a real corner, or if it's in the corner of a stage, cause you're doing a show, but then you also get like Heidi mentioned the points where the character is looking at the camera or addressing the camera directly, which you, you, you can get in traditional fiction that you have characters that break that, that fourth wall, but you're more free. They really, take advantage of that and use that properly, that balance between pretending the camera isn't there and, and acknowledging the the camera for the characters. So yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah. And then they, he's also worked quite a bit. It looks like 63 episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I know a lot <laughs> of people are big fans of that. That show for me is too, it's kind of like, um, yelly for me. Some shows I just don't mm -hmm. care for because there's too much energy and yelling and craziness. And <laughs> like, I can't relax while I'm watching yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I recognize that it's really funny. And I know a lot of friends of mine like it, but it's too much for me. How are you? Are you a... I'm a fan. Sunny? Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of It's Always Sunny. And it's really different that the style and the way and that kind of comedy is it. I think it's a, it's a big leap. In, in some ways from things like, uh, let's see, some of the other things he's done. Yeah, certainly something like the Drew Carey show. It's, it's, it's a different aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And certainly, uh, yeah, it, it's rougher. And the comedy depends a lot more on awkwardness. Right. Yeah. So it certainly is, it's a particular kind of comedy. So I'm not surprised whenever I meet someone who's not into it. But for the folks that are into that sort of thing, it, it does it well, I think. Cool. Yeah, so obviously this dude knows what he's doing and has been doing it consistently as a, a cinematographer or, you know, director of photography, however you want to put it, for a long time and doing it really well. And when he works with people, he works with them for a long time. I mean, we're talking about tons and tons and tons of credits. So good on you, Peter Smokler. Yeah, <laughs> You're Peter doing Smokler. it well. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're we're fans. We're definitely fans. Yeah. And so are we ready to move on to the next credit? Yeah, let's do it. Which is, so that's for supervising film editor, Robert Layton. And we've talked about how important editing was to this movie. The degree that the deleted scenes and the extra footage that isn't used and the length of time we've talked about. It was nine months in editing to get this film together. And just another one, another great talent, someone who's who's really good at their job, and another case of kind of the, the crew sticking together. 
of so this guy has worked with with kind of b- both I guess probably the, the main creative forces or at least the guys that have gone on to for other directing so with Rob Reiner Robert Layton has also worked with him on Stand By Me, Misery, A Few Good Men, and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Film Editing for A Few Good Men as well. But he has also continued to work with Christopher Guest. So he has worked with, uh, he worked on A Mighty Wind, uh, Best in Show, and For Your Consideration. So has continued to do the editing on both those directorial family trees that that branch off following Spinal Tap. Sweet. Yeah, this guy definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that kind of previous to getting into delving into movies minute by minute and in this detail, uh, I didn't pay too much attention to credits. And I would know the, the big names and directors and the big names of stars, but I never got into... Uh, producers and DPs and and editors and and the the deeper aspects of of the things that you you noticed in a movie when you watch it one minute at a time and I'm and you notice a lot of these same names come up one uh, the the producers and directors know who gets the job done they know the good people they know who they they gel with and they want to work with them but also you see the the people that do good work continue to do good work you see a lot of the same names come up when you when, you know so i'm finding out a lot of the movies i like are from a lot of the same people uh, that yeah. i didn't realize before yeah yeah i think that's one of the fun things that's kind of developed over the last few years too is that there's a lot of different ways because of pod podcasting comes to mind in a lot of other mediums, but is that you start now to recognize who the showrunner is. You know, years back, you didn't really Mm -hmm. know who the showrunner was, or yeah, you didn't really maybe know who the producer was, unless it was Robert Evans, who, you know, had his own documentary, (laughs) which is another fantastic. The Kid Stays in the Picture, if you haven't seen that, oh my God, Kid Stays in the Picture is a very entertaining documentary about a producer. And the the Walking Dead and the Talking Dead, something like that, where Chris Hardwick will have the the writers, the producers, the directors, um, the editors, mm-hmm. the people who are doing the costume design and all that stuff. You know, you get a lot more of those behind the scenes people and put a face and a name to them and start talking about what it is they do and. That's one of my favorite things about like when the Lord of the Rings came out and uh, what on DVD and and uh, you could watch all those appendices and start to see, oh, this is the Weta workshop and these mm-hmm. are all the different people and how they collaborate with each other and getting to know all that behind the scenes stuff is one of my favorite things about a favorite, a favorite movie. So yeah, this has been fun, really fun and, and um, educational to do it for just this one movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then, moving on from our our film editor, our supervising mm-hmm. film editor, we get into starring Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer, Rob Reiner. Oh yeah, June I recognize Chadwick. those guys. Ch- June Chadwick, yes, <laughs> she was great in this. <laughs> and Tony Hendra. So I don't know if we need to. We, we've we've talked about all those folks in in great depth. Yes. I don't know if we need to to dive into their uh their CVs at this point. They're all they're all val- very talented doing great work, continuing to do great work. Although I don't know if I don't know if I've seen anything new from June Chadwick in a while, but we've certainly got enough 
on, you know, on tape, on video of performances past that we can continue to enjoy her into the future. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So what else is going on here? As we mentioned, you know, it's great with these credits is that there's always, there's a, you know, all these um, sort of, they call them outtakes, but it's not like bloopers or anything like that. It's just more footage from the interviews that, that, um, our Marty DeBerge has been doing. So you mentioned these tapes. <laughs> yeah, the, the namesake tapes, which if this is not an actual thing, it should be. And, you know, Rob Reiner and Michael McKeon should be collecting royalties. <laughs> so if, if you don't recall from the movie, this is uh, famous authors as read by actors with the same last name. <laughs> and so the first example that he has when he, you know, he, I was about to say Michael, but it's actually David pulling the, the tape out of his pocket. He's got Denim right. Elliott reading T.S. Elliott. And for, for the folks that don't know, if you don't recognize the name Denim Elliott, uh, you certainly know Marcus Brody from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Indiana Jones series. And perhaps you know Coleman, the, yes. the butler in Trading Places. And I mean, he's he's got a his IMDb page stretches from the 40s to uh, to the 90s. I mean, he he did a lot, so I won't go through it all. But those are kind of those are the things I know him from, you know, being uh, someone who was watching a lot of movies in the 80s. Yeah, he's in uh, a room with the view and mm -hmm. some a bunch of other stuff, like you said. But I think of him as one of those people that has just very kind eyes and like a very likable face he's somebody that when you see you just you just like being in the same space as him yeah yeah there was like a certain softness mm -hmm. uh and and I mean, most of the things i know him from were later in his career so he's very uh, grandfatherly yeah yeah feel to it yeah I yeah, like so, so Denim Elliott. So I, I'd be interested. I would, I would listen. You know, if I ever got caught up on all my podcasts, <laughs> I would listen to, uh, to Denim Elliott reading T.S. Elliott. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so that's and that's just that's yeah. It's it's one of those things. A lot of the things for me, at least in this movie, where it's funny, but then it's not. Like, yeah, it, the 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 concept of you're you're matching up these two things that don't match just because they happen to say that have the last name, and that the contrast is is most profound in the last example where right. uh, where it's Washington <laughs> Irving read by someone called Doctor J. Um, so it's funny, but at the same time, I'm like, well, that's that's actually an, an interesting twist. Because there's always other than authors that read their own stuff that do their own audiobooks, there's there does seem to be a certain randomness on how how that that's matched up. So why not just do it by name? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. Though I'm a little surprised so how quickly that at first so David doesn't make the connection doc between Dr. J that that's, that's Julius Irving and right. why he's reading Washington Irving. But then when Marty says Julius Irving, David's like, Oh, like, Oh, of course. Like, like he recognizes the name. I don't know if, if NBA basketball is, is that big or, or at least in the early eighties, if it was that big in, in Britain, if he would necessarily right. know 
or if he's just playing along at that point, like, oh, sure, Julius Irving, yeah. Well, I, I felt like he was just saying, oh, sure, like, oh, I get it, because his name is Julius okay. Irving. Irving. So, so he's just acknowledging, right. yes, those names match. Yeah. Okay. There, That's That makes I, perfect sense. There we go. <laughs> we learn together. We yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we learn... We learn what Nigel looks like on the inside. <laughs> so we, yeah, we've seen the shirt before. We've seen the, uh, the the green skeleton on on Nigel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things about this that surprised me at rewatching this minute by minute is that we've seen him in this shirt for so long throughout the movie that somehow I I remembered him doing this little bit much earlier in the movie. And I was sort yeah. of surprised that it comes so far at the end of the movie, his little reveal about that that this is an exact replica and he's kind of, you know, holding the shirt out and looking down at it as if as if he's almost peering inside himself right there. Yeah, I had the same exact experience. A little like deja vu, like wait, didn't we cover this minute? Although thinking back on it now, there was the part where he's standing up and he's showing off the guitars and he shows the the amp that goes to 11. And then there's the bit where he's sitting. It's a, it's a, probably just another cut of this scene, but where he's sitting in the guitar room. And that's when he's talking about how he and David are closer than brothers. But yeah, I had the, the same thing of like, wait, they didn't... He's already said this, hasn't he? Because we've seen the shirt and I'm sure we've made you know, comments about how it's, that's its actual interior structure. But I guess, uh, right. uh, I guess we give away that we've seen, we've seen this movie before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the blooms off the rose for that, that (laughs) reveal. (laughs) Yeah. And I will, I will just tease that when we talk for the next minute, I, when I, I have rewatched the next minute in preparation for future recordings. And there was something said in that next minute that I've never noticed before. And I was absolutely thrilled to hear dialogue that I had not noticed before. So that's just a little tease. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love, I love new discoveries like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was really hoping, like, I, I, you know, I'm always saying every time I watch this movie, there's something new in it mm-hmm. that I didn't notice before. And to me, this was kind of the biggest, the biggest one besides, I think, when you mentioned um, when they're at the airport and Derek is getting his... Uh, his... Um, <laughs> his pat down. <laughs> his pat down, that the loudspeakers yeah. announcements are um actors from the movie you know that they're our guys and i yeah. never noticed that before yeah. and then yeah i think when andy renton was on the first time and you guys both noticed that they were yelling out like a suggestion of one of the songs to play do you remember that yeah, it was I'm Play trying to remember, Stonehenge or something yeah. like that. I'm trying to remember what performances. It might have been Hellhole, but yeah, it's at the very end of one of their performances, and the crowd's cheering. There's this one lone voice going, "Play Stonehenge." <laughs> <laughs> that I yeah I had and I and I had just picked that up. You know, I was doing my last watch. It was maybe you know maybe 20 minutes before we started to record, doing that that final last run through of the minute. And then I like 
uh, yeah, you just start to notice these little things. There's yeah, so much going on in in the movie. We could we could probably start over from the beginning. There's probably I'm sure there's things we missed, but there's so many things that uh, yeah that I hadn't noticed between the guests and and you, and then just picking things up from from obsessively rewatching. It's been uh, yeah. It's been an education. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think one of the one of my favorite things looking back at this this time we've spent together and with our awesome guests and our great community out there on social media and and just out in our world, you know, is just how much fun everybody's having revisiting these these movies and how many people just know so much more, you know, mm-hmm. like I knew I was a fan and I knew I knew some stuff about kind of the work of, of some of these people that are involved in the movie. Um, and I knew I'd watched the movie probably, oh my God, more than any other movie I've ever watched. And it was really fun to listen to other people, you know, their observations and their fandom and how many times maybe they've seen them live or saw the movie in the theater or, you know, having somebody in their family kind of pull one over on them or a friend, you know, and kind of say, oh, check out this band, you know, and try to try to pull it over on them. And, and it was just fun to hear everybody's different entry points into yeah. into the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And so so on that note, uh, hopefully our our faithful listeners out in podcast land that you guys have been paying attention to uh, to the movie and the podcast and you guys have noticed little things as well. And now is your chance to test your Spinal Tap knowledge. So I found a quiz on SpinalTap.com, and it's multiple choice, so it's not too hard. There's no essay questions. And we'll we'll, we'll send this out through the Twitters and and Facebook. We'll put it up on the website. The link is SpinalTap.com slash articles slash trivia.html. And we'll, we'll again, we'll put that link on the website. It's 37. Yeah, let me double check that. Yeah, 37 multiple choice questions on all things Spinal Tap. So uh, I'll mention it now. I'll probably mention a couple other times as we work our way through the credits. So I'm kind of interested in uh, in how you folks do. So if you you know send out a tweet or put a post in the Groupies Lounge on Facebook and let us know how you do on this quiz. And so two little things I'll mention. One is it's multiple choice. When you open up the page, the first choice, the A option is selected on all the questions. That doesn't mean it's already filled out. And that doesn't mean all the answers are A. That (laughs) that confused me the first time. I'm like, wait, is this the answer key? And no, it's just the default. When you open up the page, the A's, the first options are already selected. But as you go through, you should change that. Not all the answers are A. So you make your own selections. And then the other thing I'll say is, so when I took this and I I stumbled upon this page, uh, the, the quiz, and I wasn't aware, so I hadn't done any studying, I hadn't done any preparation, and I didn't cheat, I didn't do any, I didn't do any Googling or, or checking of my notes, and my score was 81, 81%. And there's at the bottom of the page, there's a little scoring key or uh, I guess grading guide. And the levels are, it says less than 27, you are a total wanker. (laughs) (laughs) Although you probably get invited to a lot of parties and have what resembles a life. 
<laughs> so there's some, you know, you don't know much about Spinal Tap, but maybe that means you're you're doing some good with yourself. Uh, <laughs> the next level is 27 through 53. And at that level, you seem wishy-washy about your devotion to tap. The third level is 54 through 80. And the, the key for that is your score was mediocre, indicating you're cosmically closer to tap than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> and then the highest level is 81 through 100. And that at that level, you are a true tap head. So I just made the cut that I, I qualify as a true tap head, which, nice. of course, I should as as the host of Spinal <laughs> Tap Minute. Um, so, yeah, so the, the folks out there that have been listening, and I think I warned you at least once that there would be a test at the end. <laughs> so you have no one to blame but yourself if you haven't been taking notes. So, yeah, head on over, check out that link. Um, so, Heidi, I don't know, have you had a chance to, to take the quiz yet? Well, yeah, actually, I took the quiz and posted it in our group um, quite a while back. And I'm trying to actually scroll through our group right now. But we've been pretty busy in the groupies lounge. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not coming up right away. And I don't remember my score. But it was, it was definitely... I think I got one answer incorrect. So I don't know what that number amount ends up being, but I remember being pretty stoked. And even the answer that I got wrong, I was like, oh, I have no problem knowing that I didn't know that answer. <laughs> like it wasn't, it didn't surprise me. It was something kind of out of left field that I, I hadn't discovered. So, and they do, yeah. yeah, they, and they do go beyond the movie. So there's some things from the, the follow-up tours after smell the glove and, and some of the deep background that's not necessarily mentioned in the movie. So, uh, yeah. So getting one wrong, nothing wrong with that. You still, you still definitely safely in that, that true tap head zone. <laughs> yeah, again, I would hope that, yeah, that I would at least be in the true tap <laughs> at this point, if I was paying attention to our podcast, which I do try to do. <laughs> there aren't any yes, questions please. about Jovan Musk oil for men or about, <laughs> the, <laughs> or about foster grants, but I still manage to do pretty well. <laughs> All right. So anything else for minute 79? I don't think so. I think we've done a pretty good job here. And um, yeah, it's been really a lot of fun. And I'm um, looking forward to kind of finishing things out here in the next few episodes. It's going to be weird, but I think it'll be nice too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess, a little melancholy. I'm, I'm excited to reach the, the conclusion of this endeavor. But uh in another in another sense, I don't want it to end. It's been so much fun. Yeah, and like we teased before, we um, we know we'll be finishing up here soon, but we're hoping to have a few extra bonuses pop out here and there. So, you know, keep us in your feed. It won't cost you anything. It won't cost you really any space or anything <laughs> or any money. So, um, you know, we'll definitely um, keep promoting stuff and kind of let, let everybody know when our um, – new projects start coming out, but we'll, you know, we're hoping to get in a few 
uh, extra bonus episodes too, um, as some different ideas come to fruition. So, and yeah, and if you have some ideas that you'd like to share with us, feel free to tweet at us or email us at spinaltapminute at gmail.com. If you've got some thoughts on a um, bonus episode, I can't promise that we'll do it, but we'll definitely consider all, all options. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that wraps it up for minute 79. Please come back and join us again for Minute 80 tomorrow. But until next time, and so say all of us, tap tap into into America. America. That was a good one. (laughs) Yeah. We almost synced up. We salute you, our half-inflated Dark Lord! Oi! Oi!